Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslenko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 35 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from November 10th, 2019, the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year C. The Gospel for this week is Luke chapter 20, verse 27, and verses 34 to 38. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord Several years ago I had the privilege of having a conversation with a fella about heaven. Now a little backdrop to the story, this individual was at one point in his life very much a Catholic, the product of Catholic education, an altar boy growing up in his parish, faithful to all of the practices and the rituals of the Catholic Church. But as with many folks, as time went on, he drifted away and at the juncture of this conversation, no longer practiced his faith and really didn't see a need for it in his life. So in this conversation about heaven, he relayed to me a very profound sentiment. He said, I don't not believe in heaven, but at this juncture in my life, I don't need to either. At the end of the day, when I die, if I die, I die. I have no expectations for anything more. As the conversation went on, I kept that kernel of it for many years and keep pondering it because it is profound. Over the years, he lost the desire for eternal life. And it led me to yet another question of what would cause someone, what causes people to lose a desire for eternal life, for heaven? Well, you know, if you look at our world, the way it has evolved, and if we look at how God put the pieces originally in place, there's a bit of a dichotomy that we begin to witness and see. 
You see, in God's design and in God's intention, there's supposed to be a harmony to all that is around us, a link between God, creation, one another, ourselves. We're supposed to enjoy and find delight in all of God's creation and whatever God does in the wonders around us. It's meant to captivate our souls, enlighten our minds, orientate us and direct us. Wonder and awe, excitement and delight, harmony, are not just visions to one day obtain, but things that really ought to be possible now. Being caught up in what God has placed around us is really one very powerful way of connecting with him and figuring out who we really are as a person, developing the ability to listen deeply to what's going on inside of us, in our soul. But yet when we look out the doors of our homes, of our church, as we look up Main Street, as we travel to work every day, how much of what immediately presents itself is nothing of what God created, but what we have placed in the world. Our buildings, our systems, our structures that we've deemed necessary for us to carry out the business of our lives. And I'm not saying that these are necessarily negative things, but they can certainly distract us from the bigger picture. You know, we all heard the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees. And so as we ponder our world, we can often get very caught up in the stuff of our lives and see that as more important. And then we become somewhat detached, detached from truth. You know, I would suppose this is some of the struggle that St. Francis of Assisi had. If you know anything about his life, he grew up in a very privileged home. His father was wealthy. You know, if he just went with the program, he would have inherited his father's business and lived a very comfortable life. But he felt drawn to the simple, to the wonder. And he looked at all that his father had, and then he looked out at his creation. And he said, there's where God is, in the simplest of birds, in the beauty that abounds. And he literally stepped away from all of that wealth and all of those structures and all of those constructs because it pulled him away from where he knew God was really calling him and where the essence of his truth was to be found. What pulls us off-center? Because it is possible, as we conduct the business of our lives, to cloud over our desire for eternity, to cloud over our true desire for joy and fulfillment, to live an illusion of life that focuses us too much on the here and now and not enough on what is yet to come. 
We fill ourselves with false securities that we've created. We reach out for passing pleasures that seem to satisfy for the moment, but don't last very long. We get caught up in the needs of our ego. We get weighed down by our brokenness and our sinfulness. We lose sight of the bigger picture of life because we're so caught up in us that we don't take the time often to think more widely and deeply. And so, yes, many folks today have no need for eternal life. They don't see the purpose for it because they really have not uncovered their longing and their desire for the happiness that can't be found in this world, for the needs that go far deeper, the needs of the heart and soul. So what can bring us back? What can bring us back? Well, many things can, but there's two profound ones that most certainly have the ability to do that. The first is our mortality, our mortality. Anyone who has ever approached their final hours on earth or have been given the news, you better prepare and take care of things because your time is coming. Anyone who's ever heard those words has an opportunity for a very profound encounter and change. Because as you face that time in your life, as you journey through those moments, you begin to realize that there's something more going on here in this person I call myself that has nothing to do with this physical stuff that's fading away and breaking down that has nothing to do with this mind that ponders and thinks. It goes much deeper than all of the stuff that we come to define ourselves as. And we realize that there's a life in here, a desire in here, a call in here that will live on and wants to live on and survive forever. That there's a grace within ourselves that is put there not by us or what is strictly being human, but as a blessing, a divine blessing that's given to us by God and God alone. That's why folks who have had those encounters but have stepped away from them and survived do so with such a profound change of vision, a depth of soul, a sense of what is really important and what's not anymore, our mortality. And then the other is something so simple and something so available, but one that we often don't recognize its power and its ritual, its ritual. You see, one of the reasons we do what we do here, and I think we're all on the same page with this, is not so much to come and get our scorecard all squared away with God. We come here for deeper reasons. We come here to drink of the well of our faith, to listen to the scriptures, a word of God that directs us toward our truth, who directs us toward who we're really meant to be as a people of faith. 
scriptures that remind us of how God put things in place and who we are on this journey of life, reminding us of the gospel that we're all called to believe in and profess. As we gather, we remember our stories. But we do more than just remember, we also encounter in a very profound way the reality of truth in the Eucharist. The wonderful gift of bread and wine becoming the body and blood of Jesus Christ and meeting God in a special way, in the depth of that soul, in the depth of who I am, where weekly I receive a divine kiss from God in a place within me that no one else can touch other than him. And we come and we get nourished. So we can go back out into this world that is confusing, that is distracting, that is preoccupied, that is disordered, that pulls us in 9,000 different directions, that confuses us, and we can bring with us the voice and the truth that we discover here. And even if just a little bit, change up how we conduct the business of our lives. If we listen deeply and we reorientate our thinking and we drink from the well of our faith and we develop that relationship with God, then how can we not look at the future of our lives and not desire above all and beyond all things the eternal life and gift of heaven? How could we not want that joy? So may we, as we continue the business of our lives in this world that God has bestowed upon us, do so with greater focus, more on center, and nurturing that desire that God has placed within each one of us, the desire to be with him forever in heaven. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.